What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Welcome to the Columbia Today with Ted Farnan podcast on KFRU. It's my pleasure to have on our show for this segment, Representative Gretchen Bangert. She is a Democrat in the Missouri House, and the area she represents is around Bridgeton and Florissant and Hazelwood and, and Lambert International Airport. So if you want to get an idea of where she lives and represents the citizens of. And we're here to mainly talk about today her House Bill 1502, and this would require schools to provide instruction in cursive writing. Uh, thank you for joining the program, Representative Banger. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So why, uh, why do you think that we need to require cursive writing for instruction in schools? Well, after doing some research um, with cursive handwriting, and the reason I came up with this bill is I had an intern from Mizzou six years ago uh, working for me in the Capitol, and I wrote him a note asking him to look into a couple of things. And about a week later, I said, you know, have you had a chance to do that, you know, look into that stuff that I gave you that note with? And he said, I can't read the note. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, he said, it's in cursive. And I was like, <laughs> wow, could not believe that. So that came up with the idea for the cursive handwriting bill. And after doing some research, uh, several states have introduced the bill and passed it. And it started uh, when we went to the Common Core back in the early 2000s. Uh, they determined at the federal level that keyboarding was more important than actual writing and cursive handwriting, et cetera. So they implemented that. Uh, school districts implemented that um, instead of the cursive handwriting and pulled that out of the curriculum. That, Not all districts did, but uh, many did. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, and that's a great story. That's like a slice of life kind of thing that shows you how that actually uh, affects something in the real world. And, and it's not just cursive versus printing, but also I know uh, r- really young kids uh, don't know how to use landline phones in, in terms of technology. So it's funny how those things happen. Uh, so uh, according to your bill, this would be this instruction, if it passes, it would have to be done by the fifth grade. That is correct, and that is the uh, basically the standard that most uh, people, if you look into the research, state that it should take place. Some start in first. Most start in second, second, third, fourth grade. It's typically where it uh, takes place. Although I did learn in other countries like Spain, they start off immediately with cursive handwriting and don't even do printing because of the taking up and down with the pencil and the formation of oh. letters. They found that it's better to uh, use cursive handwriting. And yeah. I learned some of that as well uh, in my research. That's that's really interesting. I remember growing up, uh, and I think it was around first grade, second grade, where all the letters would be spelled out on little uh, signs across the, the classroom, you know, they'd have the whole alphabet up and it would show you how the letters looked printed and then in cursive. And then we, we did, you know, we actually took time 
uh, to write on big chief tablets and things like that. And, and, you know, and the teachers would say, yes, you're doing this right or no, you're doing this wrong, Ted. And uh, <laughs> so we must have grown up about the same time because I remember doing that as well. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the and then if if this would be a requirement, there would also at some point have to be a proficiency test in both reading cursive writing and uh, writing it. And and would students have to keep taking this test until they pass it? Is that how that would work? The teacher would develop the test or, you know, probably a group of teachers, you know, because several schools have several uh, grade levels in the same grade level. And they would uh, develop some sort of a test to assure that they have mastered the writing and the reading of the cursive handwriting. I see. And, and then, of course, it's come up to with special needs students, you know, with special needs students in special school districts oh, be required to do that. Well, obviously, that would be up to the determination of their of their teacher if they're even able to perform those functions. So there there is some flexibility. I think a, a question most a lot of people would have is, uh, although you gave a very good example I think uh, uh, with your story at the beginning of our interview, but but why why do we really need this? Uh, most people would say we we are primarily an online society now, and uh, uh, we we printing is okay. And about the only time we use cursive is for signatures. Well, and. Amazingly enough, my daughter's a high school math teacher, and one of the first things she teaches her students in math class is how to write their signature when they're in ninth grade. So they're not even learning how to do that up until the high school level, many are not. Uh, But after, you know, looking into cursive handwriting and the benefits of it, you know, your cursive handwriting is a, a distinct thing of you. I mean, it's your personality. It's your beautiful prints. I mean, you could look at someone's cursive and say, oh, my mom wrote that or so-and-so wrote that because I recognize the writing with that. When you write your signature, that's your own, that's your own mark. No one's mark will ever be like that. I mean, you could type it and it looks the same, but when you write that, that's your, that's your beautiful flowing image of yourself. I mean, that is you. That's what identifies you as yourself. And, you know, it's, it also has shown that it, it slows you down when you're writing, when you're writing cursive. So I type 95 words a minute. Somebody could sit and talk and I could type it and not even have to think, you know, or if I'm, if I'm, you know, printing something, it's going to slow me down a little bit more with printing or with cursive handwriting. You have to, you have to sit and think about that and summarize what someone's talking about and then write that summary down. So that makes you remember and recollect all that information there. And you have to summarize it rather than just writing it down. So they've said that that's very, a very good skill for folks to learn. And they're not learning that because they're just, you know, typing what they're hearing. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. You know, it's so that's that's it. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, it's interesting, uh, even in some of our govern government forms that we use, uh, there is still the need for cursive. And and this came uh, up to me this past week. I was approached to sign one of the initiative petitions on one of the issues they're trying to get onto the ballot for uh, 
later this election year. And on that form, you have to both print your name and sign your signature. You know, and what's funny is I noticed just in that brief time how many people on that just printed both times. They didn't they didn't really have a signature, even though that's the way they wanted to make sure they have that distinct uh, signature, as you called it, when they check to make sure, you know, they do those spot checks to make sure that these just aren't being done fraudulently. And uh, so that's why they have people sign it rather than just print their name. Right. And that's amazing that you saw so many that just printed. And, you know, every year that children are not being exposed to cursive or learning it, you know, there's more and more folks out there that can't read it, which I think is maybe even a bigger issue than writing it. You know, you can't read grandmother's uh, recipe cards. You can't read old notes. You can't read historic documents. You know, you, you can't read it, you know, but then writing, of course, has all of its benefits. And one of the things I found surprising when I researched was it really helps with folks that have um, dyslexia or dysgraphia. It, it makes them be able to communicate better through writing. So I was amazed to learn that. And another thing I just learned, a lot of students in um, high school now will type up a document. People at work are probably doing the same thing and then throwing it into an AI program and having that AI program kick out a you know, much more in-depth document than what they have done. Well, AI can't read cursive handwriting like it can uh, typewritten documents. So a lot of teachers are going back to cursive in the high school and college level and saying, you need to write this paper in cursive handwriting. So they know that they haven't shoved that through an AI program, which I thought was interesting as well. Oh, yeah, that that would help in that instance to make sure they actually did the work. Um, There was a fiscal note on it. I found it interesting. And a fiscal note for for those who may not know, that basically says how much will this bill cost the state or local districts? And some of the districts that were asked to reply to this said, oh, it won't cost us anything. Others, like Springfield, they said, oh, it would cost us this much per student, and they said it would be $85,000. So it's really kind of all over the board as to how much this might cost local districts. Yes, and I found that interesting, too. And I've had this bill for six years, so the fiscal note has changed from year to year, too, which is also very interesting. So um, several several districts already offer cursive handwriting, uh, a lot of our rural districts do, and some in the in the big cities. So this is basically to address those um, districts that are not currently offering it. But I'm surprised you yeah, had the 85000 because it was not 85000 last year. So yeah. I'm sure <laughs> that, you know, that note has changed. Well, of course, you know, everything gets more expensive. So, so yeah. this and is I, your... I, I, I was just going to ask, this is your last year in the House, right? Uh, because of term yeah, limits. Right. And you've had this bill for several years. Um, do you expect it to pass uh, as a separate bill, or do you think you might be able to get it attached as an amendment to a uh, larger education-related bill? Well, it has been an amendment on several bills. It's been hijacked a couple times with some bad legislation yeah. being put on it. Um, it was on an ominous education bill we had last year, which had all good stuff. But um, the way our legislature functions, things kind of broke down there towards the end of session. Uh, so it didn't cross the uh, finish line there. 
However, I'm able to uh, get it across the line. I would be thrilled. I um, serve as uh, the Midwestern director for an organization called Women in Government, and I brought this up three years ago to women throughout the country, and four of them have been able to pass on in different states. Oh. I keep saying, if you passed it in Missouri, nope. <laughs> but that's great. You not. had an effect in other states, so that's that's yes, really yes, unique. Yes. And I guess my last question would be, is there any organized opposition to it or is it more just people haven't thought about it uh, and and or more apathetic more than opposed to it? There's absolutely no opposition. There's been no opposition in committee. It's always come out unanimously. Uh, It's been on the House uh, calendar the last three years. Hasn't been pulled up for debate, unfortunately. Yeah. you know, just kind of get stuck in the gridlock. And I um, do have some woman friends um, on the other side of the aisle in the state that are introducing that bill next year, because if I'm gone next year, they they want to get it passed because they think it's a good idea, too. So, okay. I have, yeah, I have absolutely no opposition. It's just it's the way our legislature works. OK, well, on, on that note. Uh, We'll say thank you to Representative Gretchen Bangert. And uh, if you want to find out more about this legislation, you can go to house.mo.gov and look up the House Bill 1502 or uh, on Representative Gretchen Bangert's separate website there that's listed as there as well. Thanks for being on the program. No, thank you. And thank you for your interest. And I I hope we're all writing cursive next year. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this podcast of Columbia Today with Ted Farnan. To hear the show live, tune in on weekdays from 4 to 6 p.m. on The Voice of Columbia. News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM. KFRU. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. That's why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen.